on my end. Yep. The Shempai Kohai relationship. Can't fucking wait. I am now recording locally. Oh my god, I'm so, I'm so fucking excited. Okay, uh, Dev? Devon. Okay. <laughs> the spy who devved me. Okay. That clap wasn't the clap. I'm now recording locally. No, no, no. We're about to sync because I have just started the Zencaster. So, when I say Mark, you say clap. Three, two, one, Mark. Beautiful. Uh, Alright, I'm, I'm going to go straight into the theme song here. I have to get her off. How? The equipment cues in for me. Oh, I admit it's a little kinky. Welcome back to Kill James Bond, the podcast where we try and kill James Bond. <laughs> I am Alice Caldwell-Kelly. Joining me are Abigail Thorne. Hello. And Devon. How are you doing? Welcome to Kill uh, Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> we watched The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, Roger Moore's... Well, I, I want to call it you only thunderball twice, right? Because this mm -hmm. is the point where the Bond movies start to like the the tape has come a bit fucked in the machine. It's just like showing <laughs> you scenes over scenes. Uh, Diamonds are thunderball twice. <laughs> yes, yes. I hate to say this, but I I enjoyed this movie quite Ooh. a great deal. Like, yeah, still so did things I. To sadly, about, but this is. The most fun I've had watching a Bond film so far. Mm. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So I'm just gonna go straight into the synopsis. To be mm. honest, yeah, fucking which, hit us with it. Because the, the right editing has been invented by the time this movie is Thank made. God. So we fucking start. It fucking starts. It fucking goes. Good. Mm. Um, we start on a British submarine, HMS Ranger, which is just hanging out doing Cold War stuff. Uh, only for some fucking tractor beam shit to befall it. Uh, mm. the, like, the cups of tea in the canteen start shaking, and it loses all power, and it disappears entirely. Uh, and at the same time, a Soviet submarine, the Potemkin, also goes missing. And we get this kind of quite fun um, sequence of M and M's Soviet opposite number, General Gogol, uh, Gogol, both doing the exact same thing of like uh, taking phone calls from their respective bosses and being like, "Yeah, I'll put our best agent on it." Um, and we see uh, M immediately texts Bond on his shitty fucking watch. We were out of order a little. Um, we are because it is slightly important. Uh, so. We have Russian Bond, but this isn't mm. no Red Grant motherfucker. This isn't no. no no boy. This is a girl boss. Yeah, Gogol's they fucking. Like, I will get they, Agent the way Triple this is X. made. Right, is so clearly intended to be like you're supposed to be shocked because you're watching this movie in nineteen fucking seventy or whatever. You're Absolutely. like, but who are? Oh, who am I? I've got to say, I fully um, fell for yeah. it. 
I think they fully got me with this scene. I was like, oh. The subtitle spoiled it for me. Yeah. Gokulas' secretary, Soviet money penny. A communal property penny. Uh, that not justifying that. Where Agent Triple X is, and she's like, she's she's at a, a, a people's rest and restoration retreat. <laughs> where- <laughs> Sorry, what? It's like, with me, Agent Triple X, and it cuts to uh, some a couple having sex, and yeah. the, yeah. the lad rolls yeah. off, and my man got a rug. God damn! Yeah, my yeah, dude has so much chest. He looks like Connery the non-union Lazenby. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And like the camera focuses on uh, him. And, and, and you like... think it's going to be. Oh, I have to go because I got a mission, but it's fucking her. She is Agent Triple X, the Soviet Union's best spy. Mm. And Bond, meanwhile, is also doing the exact same thing because this is just what spies do in their off hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, it, they just, just fuck. It's be fucking. Uh, but like. The reason I want to talk about this moment specifically is uh, because I have a note here that simply says the 1970s. <laughs> this is <laughs> aesthetically, this is so much the fucking 1970s now. Bond has like a digital watch which has a ticker tape thing in it that like prints out M yelling at him. <laughs> Honestly, part of the reason why I like this movie so much is because it is 1970s. Like they it's finally so swapped dated. into it. Even yeah. even the music a little bit is yeah. like it's got the Bond light motif to it, but there's all sorts of and I cannot put this any other way, 70s noises mixed Since into disco. it. And it's so good. There's like Bond brackets funk, which again, <laughs> it, if you want to use that on this movie instead of Live and Let Die, I don't understand you, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm quite enjoying it. Bond is in a in a sort of ski chalet in a log cabin in Austria with a girl. Uh and just as an example of the sound design, right, that's going on here. Bond has a fairly sort of standard, like, yeah, I, I have to go because, uh, you know, my boss. And she does the usual, gems, no, you can't go. I have and to come. I have a... Yes, exactly. She wasn't going to be... I have to get her off. How? But I have, I have here a drop, which I have simply entitled dootdoot.wav. But James, I need you. So does England. <laughs> God's sake, that's no. so cheesy. Yeah, and he pulled out a horn and started tooting Ravalli there. As, as well. he says this, he is Textually. wearing a bright yellow ski suit. He looks fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yes. There's another line that I really want to highlight, which is when when we get to M and he's like, oh, where's where's Bond and some other guys is like, well, he's on a he's on a mission, sir, right now. And and M's line is, well, tell him to pull out immediately. And then it cuts to Bond <laughs> fully boning off. down, and it's Ow. like, da, 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 da. there's a lot more of those in this movie. I'm really into the do do. I in in my head, that's like Roger Moore's sort of like spinning 007 moment thing. Mm. Is every time he does some Bond shit, what he's hearing in his head is just like do do. Mm. Yeah, there is a genuinely really uh, good ski chase though. There's a ski chase. Really good. There's a fucking ski chase. Bond in his bright yellow ski suit. 
uh, and a bunch of Soviet agents uh, who include fake Soviet Bond, the guy who Agent Triple X was fucking earlier, are skiing after Bond and trying to kill him because, I don't know, just Cold War shit, basically. Uh, and Bond kills a couple of them um, and then dives off of a cliff, skis attached, uh, and pulls the ripcord on a Union Jack parachute. Burner, burner. This is the moment, actually. If if you look at any his- historian's idea of James Bond, I hate that I said that. But if you do, um, this is the moment when Bond became like a fundamental British hero instead of just a character mm. who happened to be British. Mm. And it's like this hit the psyche of England so fucking hard. We've never recovered, um, and it says a lot. But my immediate thought upon seeing that was nonce. <laughs> and this this moment ends up being deliberately like parodied in later Bond films. When we get to Die Another Day, we'll see it. We'll see it come back. Um, but it's a genuinely yeah, amazing I, stunt, and they really did it. They ski. They got a guy ski off a cliff. He nearly fucking they, died. They just just threw a guy off a cliff. Yeah, but like I I also like. Yeah, it's not a doll this time, like with Lazenby. No, I, I have <laughs> no, a they bit more. For this movie. Yeah, I I actually have a bit more affection for it than the nonce thing because. I don't know, combined with the, like, weird noises, which is an ongoing theme of this movie. This movie has so many weird noises uh, mixed into it. Hell yeah, man. And also just the fact of, like, everything looking so 70s. As soon as the the parachute opened, I just kind of put my head on my hands, and I just kind of remember going, oh, you daft old bastard, you know? This is... (laughs) This is the silliest shit I've ever seen. And, like... Well, to its credit, I did. I did also write down. Now that's some real Bond shit. Y- yes, yeah, like, that's it is. fucking capital B Bond shit right there, baby. Do, do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we get the we get the credits, which I'm not going to dwell too much on. It's naked girls and guns. The, the The funny thing is that it does seem like Bond is like on a trampoline for most of it. He just like the first time you yeah, see the the Bond silhouette, he's like springing into frame off of a trampoline. Nobody does it better. Nobody does it better. Carly Simon stuck in my head for the last like two days. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good song. It's, good. it's a good song. It's, it's, it's she's no Shirley Bassey, but she doesn't need to be. It's a good song. It's good. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, in Moscow, uh, Agent Triple X finds out that somebody has killed her boyfriend in Austria, but we don't know who yet. Yeah. Uh, in my favorite set in this whole movie, General Gogol's <laughs> office, which I, I don't know if it's intended to be a reference to, to Ivan the Terrible or if it's just like, I don't know, Ken Adams' brain, but he's in kind of like a, a communism monastery. It's like bare white yeah, it's walls. It's huge. Like There's arches. no reason for his room to be that big. Yeah, it's a, massive. G- a giant banner of Lenin specifically, which is cool. It's in the, his desk is in the center of the room as well. Like it's not against yeah. a wall or anything. And, and the rest of the room is like totally featureless, apart from a single <laughs> chair, put, like in the middle of the other sh- in the middle of the shot. Right, there's just a chair in the middle of the room, and. So we have invented uh, we have invented editing, but we haven't invented cinematography just yet. Oh, we invented halfway through this movie. No, no. And so I I looked at this chair and I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. 
And then it did the reverse <laughs> shot back to Gogol. And there's another fucking chair behind his desk, also in just the middle of the room. Equidistant between yeah. the chairs is his desk. He just, he just has this perfect yeah, arrangement unusual. of like chair, chair, desk. The, and the I really room, appreciate it. The room, honest to God, looks like a fucking point and click thing. adventure game where it's like, oh, I know exactly <laughs> what I would have to drag onto what here. You will put in the mm. on. Yeah, he's uh, got a normal phone and he's got a red phone for oh, like top cool. secret shit, <laughs> business and pleasure. I would just use the secret phone all the time. Oh, well, that, that ruins the, the majesty of using the secret phone, though. You'd have to get another secret phone to be like your double secret phone. Imagine Gogo calls you in and tells you to take a seat and you just sit in one of the like fucked chairs. So, as you can see. No, that's, that's <laughs> fucking sorry. That was German. <laughs> you used to be very normal. But then I ate this store of chocolates yeah, that we found. My name is Google. I'm the premier of the, uh, the USSR. I feel like maybe he would have a different accent to that. I might have fucked that a I little. Kind, I kind of like Google. He, like, he plays. Yeah, he plays off doing M but Russian pretty well, I think. He like mm. uh, displays some concern for Agent Triple X, and then he he like softens a bit yeah. when he tells her that her boyfriend has been killed in Austria. She doesn't know it's by Bond yet, but we do. Um, and he he mm. he sets her on this thing of finding the missing submarine, the Potemkin. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we go straight back to to the dismal nonce country, to Britain, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it's one of the movies where we remember that Bond was in the Navy. Oh, so they, God, do they remember it? They pour him into a uniform, uh, and we just... We, uh, <laughs> they decant Roger Moore into a naval officer's <laughs> Ro- Ro- uniform, Roger and Moore he has been strained so out of it. Yeah, in, into, into, um, into a and Navy commander's off. uniform. Mm. <laughs> you have to skim her off. It looks terrible. How? Um, also, Roger Moore is my man is looking old as balls in this film. He's yeah. old in this movie, <laughs> and this is like this is only his like third film. Like he's only gonna look fucking older. He's got four more to go, but he looks like shit. Mm-hmm. He was like forty seven, I think, in this movie. Yeah, around there. Na- Navy Bond uh, like uh, goes to Fast Lane Naval Base in Scotland, which looks as miserable then as it does now or at any other time. Uh, and gets the sort of the the fun briefing uh, from the, the various Royal Navy people. My favorite part of this, right, is that not only does the Navy work in like a very modernist office in in Scotland, but there's a big metal vault that says like Polaris Control Room, right? Uh, and when the Navy are trying to brief him and M. The way oh, that sorry, the, he was forty nine in this movie. Jesus, the sorry, way that they try and open this is, uh, y- you open a blank keypad, just push a bunch of like different buttons. They all then, make a slightly different tonal yeah, like, beep, beep as well. Beep, 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 beep. And then the the giant sort of vault door swings open, and a computer on a fucking motorized thing is just yeeted out towards you. It's fantastic. I, it's real Bond shit. It's some real Bond shit. Like, this is the thing, this whole movie is just, like, it's so fucking silly that, like, 
once it sheds the the sort of the thing of like oh we have to take this seriously and just goes into like one of our submarines is missing 007 you can just be like oh yeah okay this is just this is stupid i can i can play along with this yeah it's mm. it's good and the upshot of this uh the upshot of this scene which like many of the scenes in this uh, film goes on too long but the upshot mm. is that a uh, Somebody has found a way to trace the position of nuclear submarines when they are underwater. And whoever it is who has managed to do this is maybe located in Cairo. So go there and find out. And then we cut <laughs> to That's our main boy, the, the villain for this movie, yes. marine biologist. Discount Blofeld. Carl Stromberg, who yeah. I quite... I enjoy him a little bit more than I liked Blofeld, actually, in everything except the... It's kind uh, of interesting. I I, I thought he was Diamond. just going to be a Blofeld guy. I thought he was just going to be like Carl Stromfeld, um, a, a, a different man. But he, he kind of carries The difference is that off. Blofeld's plans made slightly more sense. Yes. The thing about Stromberg, right, is that he kind of brazens this move out by... Being the most Scandinavian man, um, so he just kind of like he spends this entire movie sitting there in like diaphanous black robes, like death in the seventh seal. Uh, All of his fucking chairs look like they were de- designed by a lessee. Like they're fucking just they're just lumps. He's just got yeah. shapes in his house that he sits on. Extremely uncomfortable looking modernist chairs, and he 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 just talks like observe, Mister Bund. He calls him Mr. Bund so fucking often. Mr. Bund. Mr. Bund. <laughs> Mr. Bund. Um, he has one massive long table, though. Yeah, and it's the cool. scene in which we're introduced to him, he is sat at one end. There is woman sat at the other end. Don't worry about her. And then two guys come in, and these are the most fucking scientist-looking-ass guys I have ever I have seen. A fun thing. I could be wrong about this because I didn't bother to check, but I'm pretty certain that one of these dudes was also the nuclear physicist in Thunderball. Which leads me to believe that along with our favorite app, Hench, there is also, like, a Boffin app. And you can it's just, like, be. sell your services to the to the nearest evil genius if you're a professor of something interesting. Well, they sure as fuck aren't going to get another job after this. <laughs> I guess when you've worked with one evil genius, really you're sort of typecast at that point. That's true. You've got you can only be the evil scientist. So mm-hmm. he brings them in and, and he goes, ah, fant- uh, what's what voice? I'm gonna give him the German one because he's called Stromberg, even though he he's doesn't like, sound he's, like that. He's, he's, he's like he sounds a bit like Henry Kissinger. He goes, ah, fantastic! Uh, you have uh, successfully held up your half of the bargain. Now I have sent ten million to each of your Swiss bank accounts. However, there is one thing, and then like there's like drama music, and he's like, "I have dude, determined dude. that someone in this room." No, he doesn't. He just goes, "I have determined that someone has betrayed me and sold a microfilm to someone." Tried to sell it in Cairo. And someone he, again. Someone's the leaked the tracking device thing. And yeah. he goes, "You'd better leave us." Um, and she gets up and walks into the elevator to leave. But it was a fake out. He knew that she was the one who did that, and he presses classic, a big button. <laughs> classic Blofeld maneuver. And drops Discount her in a Blofeld. fucking shark tank. I mean, even the shark tanks are back. Yeah. This is, this is a movie that like movie. basically has no individual new ideas. 
There's, it, it's mm. like you only thunderball twice is the what it is, but mm. like, it's, I don't it's know. A bit of from Russia and love there too. It's a bit of from we are Russia running out of water-based animals that can kill people. I mean, we yeah. are the only one that's really left is jellyfish, and Alex Ryder already did that. Well, not yet. So I, we've they had crocodiles, gone in we've there. had sharks, we've had piranhas, jellyfish. Well, I mean, yeah, what else are we going to have? Like dolphins? Mm. Yeah, exactly. They they went. They they had sharks. They busted sharks first, and I think they realized that was maybe a mistake to go so early on sharks. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. "Fuck piranhas! <laughs> I don't know crocodiles. All right, fuck, crocodiles, bring the sharks back. Just sharks the one again. shark this sharks time, again though. twice. <laughs> just just <Yeah>. one." <laughs> So this woman, uh, <laughs> this poor woman, is eaten by sharks, and the the, the boffins are terrified. But he's like, "No, oh, go, go, go! I've done, I've, I've done all of my terrifying killing. I definitely won't have you killed now, even though you oh, just, you just, you've just established that I'm, I, I love to kill people by misdirection." Um, they both get in the elevator as well immediately afterwards, and I was like, "I, I wouldn't have personally got in that I'd elevator. Stairs, I'd have been like, to be the I would have taken the stairs, <laughs> <Some> shit, dog." <laughs> Also, it makes no fucking sense because it makes no sense because they get on a helicopter to fly away and they're like, "Ah, wow, we did it, we escaped." And then he presses a button and blows up the helicopter, and it's like, "Why double blow?" Why did you? If you were gonna kill them anyway, if you were gonna kill them anyway, why did you also blow up your own helicopter and flight crew? Why didn't you just dunk them in the shark tank? Why didn't you shoot them with a gun? He just loves he just loves blowing up helicopters. Someone gets in the helicopter and takes off and they immediately get a call for him that's like, <laughs> you have outlived your usefulness to me after taking off your helicopter. Goodbye. I think like, he has a very He just perverse... killed your own crew. No, it, it, the thing is it takes ages to reset the spring-loaded floor on the on the elevator, so you mm. you, you gotta do this. But this tells us everything we need to know about Carl Stromberg, which is that his plan is fucking insane. That's true. That is true. Also, th- this movie really over relies with uh, with Stromberg on man controls bank of CCTV cameras to show like mm. he has one panel power that does and malice. Everything. He has like a small. It's about the size of the soundboard that I use to do this to do this show. But like they show him like. Sort of pressing different things on there and like zooming in and panning around, and it's like, ah, oh, this sort of omnipotent tech guy, which is very fun. Yeah, the problem um, with that panel that you use to control this is you have electrocuted me a few times by accident while trying to. Do you play mind the pressing your hand to this metal drop. plate that plays one of the drops, Mister Bunny? <laughs> there is one thing I'd like to highlight: um, is that we we see that Stromberg is on an underwater fortress that can like submerge and come up again. Um, and I would just like to point out, there is a fireplace behind him <laughs> with a chimney. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, yep. like a, there's just like a storage how, room for where that goes. <laughs> how the fuck? This man is underwater <laughs> and he has a fireplace. How, how have you done this? It's, it's in a really, really long <laughs> chimney. <laughs> No, there no, is a shot burns. where he presses the button and the window guards come up and we see that he is underwater yep. and in the same shot there is a fireplace it's look he's just he knows how much oxygen he has in that room and he's like look look i could be breathing this or i could be warm baby this also he's he he's He's really taken a cue from Doctor No, right? Because the magnified fish window is back. 
Oh, he has so many fish windows. This man has, like, loves looking at fish. fish he loves looking at fish so fucking much that he has his entire secret base like paneled in fish windows. Here's the thing. That's the second one, by the way. Uh, in case you're keeping count. Nice. The the thing is his base. And he fucking presses a button and it goes above the, the water so that his two scientist guys can take off. Again, just shoot them, but whatever. Um, and this base is the most fucking evil-looking base I have seen in some time. It's some it real, rules. like, meanwhile of the Legion of Doom ass Yeah, it's, fucking... it's like the dark version <laughs> of the LAX terminal. It's, it's really, really cool. <laughs> It's so cool. I love it. So we also get to see his henchman, which in this case we get mm. another fake out because it's it's a big dude who uh, with like a lot of neck rolls called Shandor, who I I really like. I really like Shandor. A I like lot. Shandor a lot. Mm. Uh, he summons a wide man, and he's like, no, 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 no. That is not the dimension in which I want my henchman <laughs> no, to be. No, different large. axis. Give me another one of these guys. Who steps through that door, baby? <laughs> Richard fucking Keel. It's Jaws. It's, it's Jaws. We love him. Jaws fucking owns. Jaws. Bring if me you... a wide henchman and a tall henchman. Bring me a very tall man. Bring me a seven foot tall man with metal teeth. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to get, get these two guys together and I'm going to set them a mission, which is. Go to Cairo, find out who's been selling this microfilm with my fucking secret plans on it, and kill everybody who's gonna like even get near it. It's it's genuinely mm. like a pinky in the brain like duo character designs, except both of them are massive. <laughs> it's like two huge guys. There's no other foible mm. to any of their characters. <laughs> It's not Pinky in the Brain, it's like Hunk and the Hunk. I, like, I employ two large men, but large in different directions. Uh. My next man is very deep. <laughs> I have one henchman who is extremely deep. So, so <laughs> we like gotta place. go. We gotta go to Cairo. <laughs> um, you know what Cairo is? It's in Egypt. You know what Egypt has? Desert. You know what desert has? Camels. And so we, the next shot, and this this occasions my note, which simply says "camel nonce," is Bond wearing full Lawrence of Arabia, uh, like Bedouin dress, riding a camel in the desert. Check this out. What about nonce of Arabia? Is that, is that anything? Nonce of Arabia. Mm -hmm. You have to sort of. You have to mouth nonce a little bit weirdly to get it to work, but I think now, nonce of Arabia. He 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 enters a, a, a sort of a caravanserai tent, and we get two things which which like I approve of: Roger Moore saying "Salam alaikum," and then Roger Moore saying, "May the peace of Allah descend upon this magnificent abode and allow a poor traveller to enter." Yeah, they made the interesting decision in this one to be like maybe he should be able to speak the language. Like mm. after all the previous mm. ones where Bond is like, you forget I took a first in Oriental language to Cambridge and then just can't speak at all. They were like, maybe he could just speak Arabic, mm. actually. Yeah. And yeah. of course, he, he like went to Cambridge with the Sheikh of Egypt. None of these people are Arab. <laughs> yeah, no, not no, entirely just clear guy. what this guy's deal is. He's just a white guy in a tent. For a second, I thought it was gonna be a like I refuse to go entirely Egyptian thing, but like no, he doesn't work for MI six. He's just like an Egyptian guy who is not Egyptian, uh, who Bond went to Cambridge with. 
Is he meant to be Egyptian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name I mean, is there's... Sheikh Hussein. Yeah, and there's there are three oh. girls in the background who are all billed as oh. Arab beauty directly in the credits, and none of these people are Arab. No, no. And <laughs> I did not realize that this guy was meant to be Egyptian. He's... I thought he was just an old friend of Bond's who like no. works in Egypt. No, yeah, exactly. He's... Because oh, you would be forgiven that's for not racist. realizing. Because this man doesn't. Oh, look you want to talk about racist? Thing. There is like. There's, there's a bit white. where like the gear changes on the racism, and there is a breathtakingly fast elevation of of the racism because there are oh, two lines. An Arab actor. There are two lines back to back, right? And as oh. soon as I was about to pause to clip one of them, the second one got me. And it was like a two hit combo directly to the fucking windpipe. Bond salams this guy. This guy salams back. He's surrounded by like. Um, you know, uh, like the the treasures of the Orient, and he says, "We don't only have oil, you know. But what can I offer you? Cheap size, dates." <laughs> yeah, no, I was I I had a stun lock on after this. We he... don't just have oil, Bond. Would you like a sheep's eye? Please. Or, a, or some pussy. There's a moment I'd like to highlight because this guy is surrounded by sexy ladies yeah. <laughs> and uh, he says to Bond, he says to Bond, oh, can I offer you like a bed for the night? And Bond's like, ah, oh, I should really like get going on my mission. And this guy like claps his hand and this lady in Not A Lot walks in and, and Bond says, oh, well, you, I guess you're, yeah, all right, I could shag. Um, but something I, so it's That's implied that this guy is like offering Bond this woman is his mistress or his wife or she works mm-hmm. for him. But either way, yeah. she looks fucking terrified. She is Jesus not making concern, a facial yeah. expression like, oh yeah, I would love to shag Roger Moore. She looks fucking scared. I should also say, the 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 kind of vibe that you get off of this guy, off of Hussein, is sort of like hedonism bot from uh, Futurama. Bond? Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of Bond? like... You- Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, perhaps it could interest you in some pussy, Mr. Bond. Mr. Bond, have you partaken in our fine selection of pussy? <laughs> we have some fantastic cunt stars, Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the line that Bond says upon realising that there's pussy offered with the bed is, well, when one is in Egypt, one should delve deeply into its treasures. Ba-da, um, ba-da. Fucking nonce. Yeah, I just wrote nonce in full caps there. I nonce, actually, I wrote nonce four times in a row. <laughs> just this a is the point in my notes where I have three in a row that just say nonce, mm-hmm. and I'm so, now reliving it. So, so Bond, Bond has to like go to a guy's apartment to find a guy called Fekesh who like has information on the microfilm. Fekesh has the nicest apartment in the world. It's very um, nice. A, a, a sexy lady tries to distract Bond. Uh, and there's like, ah, uh, oh, can I can I distract you with some pussy while we're waiting uh, to set him up for being murdered by Shandor? And this is um, Roger Moore, so he was like, well, I have just eaten. Yeah, what? what's what's really funny is he's like, no, this is an obvious trap. I'm gonna go look in this other room instead. He takes two steps into the other room, then changes his mind. He's like, ah, pussy. To be fair, like, though, there is some pussy on offer, so that let's is see. true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does a move that is similar to the what was it the start of a different movie? Come on, 
one, buddy. Where where he's about to get shot and he just swings this lass around and lets her take the bullet. Just fully kills her and it's leaves. It's not like as offensively written mm-hmm. this time because the kind of she has a line that kind of suggests that she's throwing herself in the way of the bullet because Bond. I don't know, like, did fuck mm. magic on her? Doesn't, doesn't come across in that. Not entirely clear. Mm. But Bond and- fights Shandor on a roof uh, and then murders him. Like, really viciously. Oh, yeah, this is the unprovoked violence for this. You're quite truly, like, bad, bad. Because, like, Shandor is, like, a big dude, right? Mm. He's a big bald dude. Watching this guy mm. run, watching this guy fight, very funny. I'm genuinely, he's like Mm. one of those dudes who's, it's funny to watch run because his muscles can't get out of the way of the rest of him. So he'll just be like running up, running upstairs and just like sort of like different bits of his anatomy will be like colliding with each other. Every time I see Shandor run, I want to do the like Gary's mod collision noise. Um, Ah, oh, fuck, that's good. I might edit that to go out when this goes. <laughs> yeah, but no, um, he Bond extracts information out of him by dangling him over the edge of a roof. He's like, where's Fakesh? Shandor tells him the pyramids, because there's only two locations in Egypt, and Bond doesn't even go, like, thanks, and hits his hand free and drops him to his death. It's questionable yeah. morality for that entire scene, really. Bond commits murder. It's pretty vicious. R.I.P. Shandor. Kronstein Rosa. I'm just I'm flagging it no, up. No, I, I, I have I have another candidate for this. If Shandor, well. I, I was thinking this too, but like if Shandor had survived longer, Kronstein Rosa. But I have I have something entirely different mm-hmm. in mind. Very well. Oh, I, I actually think I know what you're referring yeah. to, and I so, maybe so, agree. So we go to the pyramids. Uh, it's night. There's a big spooky light show about the pharaohs, which is cool. Yeah. Bond spots Fakesh in the audience, mm-hmm. and the reason why he knows what he looks like is because in Fakesh's office, there is a framed photograph <laughs> of himself on his desk. It's Bond called self-care, and it fucking rolls. It's so good. I flagged that up. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's, it's so good. I actually have a framed photograph of myself directly opposite from where I'm sitting. <laughs> yeah, I would like James Bond needs to identify Sure. Yeah, so uh, Agent Agent Triple X is there. She is trying to get information out of him, uh, and Fakesh like sort of he makes a run for it, and he is pursued by Jaws. Exit pursued by Jaws. He likes when the lights light up one of the pyramids or the Sphinx or some shit. Like a bit of the the side glare illuminates Jaws as well, and Fakesh immediately is like, "It is time for me to exit this establishment." Yeah, he's like, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a big guy. Is that Richard Keel? Hmm? Was that Richard Keel? So we get to see that uh, Jaws's like party piece is he bites stuff. He bites stuff because he's got metal teeth. The guy like Fakesh padlocks him out, and Jaws bites through the padlock chain, which is made of licorice, by the way. Was the inf- yeah, I wouldn't have made it out of licorice personally. I'd have preferred chain or metal. Maybe mm. that would have helped. Yeah. You would think that that would come down to jaw strength rather than the strength of your teeth, but yeah, okay. Also, also the way in which uh, Jaws then kills Fakesh is to like bite his neck in a really long shot that kind of suggests that Jaws is a vampire. (laughs) Yeah, he's sort of shot like Nosferatu in this scene, which is very strange, but. 
to me, it okay. suggests that he was kind of gently kissing Fakesh's neck because Richard Keel is so mm-hmm. gentle with his deathly embrace that it just looked like he gently kissed Fakesh and Fakesh swooned. It's quite also, cute. he can't <laughs> open his mouth wide enough for it to look like you'd be able to get enough of a bite of a neck to kill someone. Like, no. because and let's talk about these fucking like these grills because this Go is off. actually. The, the invention of grills. This wasn't popular before him and this was popularized by this movie. Um, they were fucking painful to have in Keel's mouth. Like he could only wear them for 30 minutes at a time and there was a lot of direction he was being given to like pull somewhat funny facial expressions with these teeth in and he was managing it. God mm. bless him. But like it hurt to wear those. Mm. He couldn't open his mouth very wide. Um, yeah, we to just be fair, tortured this guy fucking for iconic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, amazing. So Amasova, Amasova, and Bond, uh, Agent Triple X, and Bond meet for the first time. She's like, she has Abigail Thorne's stereotypical sexy Bond lady voice. So she is like, what have you, what have you done with, what have you done with Fekesh? Mister Bond, what have you done with Fekesh? Yeah, she she fully just calls him Gems, Gems Bond. Mr. Bund. <laughs> Nobody fucking gets his name right in this whole movie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Didrock. Yeah. To get, okay. Together, they, they, they work out that they have to go to uh, a sort of, I guess, a club in Cairo, which, fine, Yeah, to whatever. meet Fakesh's dude, Fakesh's friend. Fikesh's and there's a cute dude, moment in the club the where they order each other's drinks. It's, it's quite cool. cute. It's cute. Where this he's is like, the thing, oh, right? the lady will have a Bacardi on the rocks. And she's like, Mr. Bond will have a martini shaken, not stirred. It's very cute. Yeah. And this is the thing. Like, the two of them actually have a bit of chemistry. Um, mm. Roger Moore can act a little bit. It's like, and plus in general, just as like a personal business, uh, personal like weakness, I will always, 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 always have a weakness for two equally matched rivals kind of romance each other. Whether that's oh, fucking absolutely. Mr. and Mrs. Smith or This Is How You Lose the Time War, it's it, like, uh, that's inject that shit into my veins. So these guys just uh, kind of like having this, this repartee of like, oh, we both know each other, we're both very good at what we do. That's fun. It's cute. I uh, I don't have so much fondness for that sort of storyline, but that's for personal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I I also somewhat want to say the the director has discovered cinematography. They finally mm. invented it during the runtime mm. of this movie because the entire Egypt scene is played during like a fucking talk about the pharaohs where the lights are turning on and off and illuminating different things. And while Jaws is approaching at a light jog. He never moves faster than a light jog. <laughs> no. I really respect that. Yeah. <laughs> he just has his Making arms like, at a 90 noise. degree angle going <laughs> on his way. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. And the lights are turning on and off and it's really menacing. It's genuinely really good. Yeah. Mm. I was very impressed. Mm. Also, Tracy is canon. 
Yes. Uh, uh, James Bond is a code name, mm, is it? No. Well, Fucking. Uh, this is the it, same guy as George Lazenby. Bond, you will maintain continuity. <laughs> Absolutely not. This man is a sea captain in World War II. He has been to space and was captured in North Korea. This guy has the same fucking guy across every single one of these movies. Well, right. we, we know that he was married. She doesn't say that his wife was Tracy. It's pretty but heavily anyway, implied. Um, she's they have she's some like ma- ma- married only once, and he is like hurt. He yeah. he like gets her to mm-hmm. stop talking about he's it. Genuinely upset to have to have that one brought up, which is good because I yeah. really like that movie, and I'm glad J- that James that Bond. Actually, yeah. movie, James but. Bond isn't a code name. He has a code name. It's 007. James Bond is just his name. He's one guy. He's a guy. He's a uh, dude. He's he's a dude. Anyway, the guy who was named after uh, an ornithologist. Yeah, Jaws kills the guy that they're there to meet. Jaws breaks in, disguised as a telephone repairman, and vampire bites the guy. Yeah. So I want to pull out. I think Mm. the reason why I like this movie is that everyone involved is having the same amount of a good time as Christopher Lee was Mm. playing Scaramanga. Like they're they're there to see a guy whose name is Kalba, I think, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And who only ever talks like this? And he is just fucking teeing off on Bond the entire way through it because, like, Bond arrives and goes, "My name is Bond, James Bond," and Kalba replies, "What of it?" And then, like, he's trying to buy the fucking like microfilm off him, and then um, uh, Anya shows up, and she is also trying to buy it. (laughs) The guy's like, "Seems you have some competition, Mister Bond." Yeah, and this guy, this guy has make a call. Fantastic profile too. He's got like a one of those faces that is just like beautiful. Ah, incredible! It's built for a profile shot, one hundred percent, and he is. He's perpendicular to Bond for the entire shot, so it's very, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so uh, Bond and so Amasova sneak sorry. into the back of Jaws's phone van. Yeah, because because Jaws has arrived dressed as like a phone repair guy, mm-hmm. and he's kneeling totally down, totally in character. He do, he br- he brought his own van for this. Oh, 100%. And, and like, Carver mm. walks straight past him to go into the phone booth, and he, like, unfolds himself as he gets up, and this guy's so fucking tall, and just opens the door and, like, kills this guy. And I just wrote, excellent work, Agent 47. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bond, B- really Bond and Amasova sneak into the back of the van. There's another fun bit of chemistry where, like, they're kind of, like, wary of each other, and then after they've been in the van in the back, for for like long enough, she kind of like half falls asleep on his shoulder, and then she like wakes up with a start. Mm. And she's like, "Oh, I didn't do that." Which is kind of it was kind of fun. It's quite I'm having cute. a nice time at this point. Yeah. And the thing about mm. I think the the best thing is that Jaws has like a microphone in his in the back of his van <laughs> yeah. that he can hear. Yeah, you don't have speaking. those. Totally and it's, it's so thing. good because they like talk about him and they talk about him in a little bit glowing terms where like, this guy's good. And you can see George just like smile a little to himself. Yeah, which was he's, really a, he's a professional killer. He's a professional killer. Mm. So, so he oh. drives them to a, an Egyptian temple because this movie has less respect for Egypt than OSS Sandy Set did, a movie which was doing <laughs> this on purpose as a joke. And again, we do some cinematography. There's a bit with like a sort of forest of columns where they lose uh, mm. Jaws in it, and they're kind of like searching from side to side. That's quite threatening. 
Yeah, until, Jaws can teleport. until you realize that either Jaws can teleport or Jaws has, this seven foot tall man has assassins creeded his way up one of these <laughs> fucking columns because he's just above them now. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like meters above them all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah. It's very good. They have a fight. They have a fight. Amasova tries to escape with the microfilm and uh, the fuck this fucking bit, man. She's trying to escape by stealing Jaws's van. She like can't get it in gear. And then what would otherwise be a relatively funny scene of Jaws like dismantling this van around her and Bond. Like he keeps mm. uh, like attacking it from a different angles. He tears part of the roof off. Uh, he like tries Street to... Fighter bonus level ass. Yeah, 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 it yeah. was really, it was really like Jaws ripping the van up, fucking ruled. But Bond was ruining it because every two fucking every seconds, shot he goes to Bond and he's just like, oh, women drivers. It's it's genuinely just like it's a good scene, except in between every shot, they've just added in a cut to Bond and he says the worst shit you've ever heard in your life, and then it cuts back to the good things happening again. She she like tries to get it in gear and it grinds a bit and he's like, do you, do you know any other tunes? It's like, oh fuck off, dude. Do you know any other tunes? Shut the fuck up. Um so the, the, they manage to escape Jaws. Uh the van falls apart. Uh because it has again been absolutely destroyed by Jaws, which is cool. I, I did make a mistake not flagging this up earlier, mm. actually. But the when they when they're fighting Jaws just before they attempt to escape, um, they they knock down a scaffold onto him, mm. and Roger Moore says a line. He just like dismissively goes, "Egyptian builders," and there's a little bit of a story behind that line. So mm. they had a guy from the Egyptian government on the set, watching everything that was happening to make sure Egypt wasn't portrayed in too negative a light, and they really wanted to get that line in. So Moore just mouthed it. And they dubbed it in afterwards, and it went un- unnoticed by the censor. And ironically, the Egyptian audiences fucking loved that line. <laughs> We're really all about that one. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which was, yeah, it was really an interesting little hit bit. Egyptian so, Baz was like, oh, yeah, we are shit. Fuck you, builders. Remember when Pyramid Builders was odd? Anyway, um, the, the, <laughs> both. Bond and Amasova end up stuck in the desert, and I'm going to refer back to this when we do a movie called Quantum of Solace, but never heard if, of it. if I was stuck in the desert, I would simply walk out of it. Because that's what they do. Mm. Uh, Which they do? Yeah, they just walk to the Nile, like, the next part of Egypt set. Yeah. Bond arrives at Brackett's landmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bond, Bond <laughs> examines the microfilm that he has taken off of Jaws, uh, he and Amasova have some more repartee, and uh, there's something really nice about this um, moment where they are on a, a riverboat to Cairo, uh, and it's just so romantic. Like the backdrop is so gorgeous, and they're on the water, and they're both all dressed up. And the way both actors are playing this is just like they're both trying not to notice how romantic this setting is, and it's just like a really, really nice chemistry to this. Yeah, um, yeah, there's yeah. this great line where where they're cold, and she says, "Oh, I, I don't need like I'm fine with the cold. I went on a survival course in Siberia." And Bond says, "Yes, I believe a great many of your countrymen do." <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just very there's, cute. 
It's always so cold in Siberia. Something completely opposite to flag up regarding this scene. <laughs> because that's the reason why you have the both of us on this podcast. Roger Moore has a fucking mode that you can flip him into where he swaps into fuck voice. And he'll deliver no. any line in this voice. <laughs> but he, so they get onto this guy's boat. They just get, like they walk up to him. Roger Moore speaks Arabic to him, and they arrange that they'll take him to Egypt. Which is, uh, he's in Egypt. Take him to Cairo, which is very nice. Um, it's good that he can speak it. But they're on the boat, and Roger Roger Moore just keeps saying like normal lines, and then he'll like get very close to the camera, very close to the microphone, and be like. So what else do they teach you on that survival course in Siberia? And it's a little it's bit like, like Prince Philip there. So what else do they, what else do they teach you on that survival course in Siberia? Yes, I did my Duke of Edinburgh in fucking Yakutsk. Yeah, bad idea, really. <laughs> Much easier. So did you get into this Fiat Uno? <laughs> he like he just gets very low and very close to the camera and he'll deliver any line in that voice and you're supposed to be like oh this is horny now okay yeah we're I fucking see. now the thing that I I, I want to pull out from this scene that I badly want to make the preview the trailer uh it, I, I want to put it on our sizzle reel uh, is <laughs> yeah okay so 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 he's trying to seduce her and she's like Oh, can I have a cigarette? And he's like, ah, classic mm, move, Valley Russians. Uh, and <laughs> she she puffs the smoke in his face, and this is unedited audio of what happens. <laughs> is enveloped by a haze of mids. <laughs> it's just fully, it is Roger Moore, like, surrounded by cloud of smoke and, like, losing consciousness because she drugs him. But the effect to the modern viewer is fully, I consider mids loud. You know, it, it just, I... <laughs> <laughs> Smoking on that shit that killed James Bond. <laughs> yeah, we 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 are truly smoking on that shit that killed James Bond. And when you are smoking on that shit that killed James Bond, the noise that happens to signify that is. <laughs> Damn, son, where'd you find this? <laughs> actually, mids actually get me more fucked up, if anything. Um, this this is actually a direct reference to a, a 50s movie called To Catch a Thief, which has that exact what? same hmm. uh, music played during a moment when a guy gets knocked out with a cigarette. It's, so it's a direct reference, but it is unbelievably funny. Yeah, 100%. Hmm. And she just gasses him and steals the microfilm and leaves him for dead. Absolute it's queen shit. Gaslight cool gatekeep oh, girl boss. And yeah. so Bond wakes <laughs> up and he's like, oh shit, I'm going to have to go to next location. Ah oh, fuck, what else is walks, in Egypt? <laughs> walks into brackets, Egyptian location number Karnak. three. Yeah, Karnak. <laughs> which is in Cairo, we assume. Yeah. And 
We're doing the fucking hidden M office thing again. I it's love fun. this. I actually like every love landmark. Every landmark in a Bond film is secretly MI6 headquarters. But the mm-hmm. problem is, real estate prices are too high these days. So MI6 and the KGB have to share a landmark office because yeah, Bond we- walks in there. He goes, hey, "Money Penny, how you doing, Queen? Nice tush you got on there today." And walks straight through, and it's Google is there. <gasps> And Bond, Bond, Bond is like. <gasps> also, Gogo has a little camp desk, like a folding Very desk. Cute. But he he has brought a, a full size stone bust of Lenin with him, yeah. which is an incredibly <laughs> powerful move. He knows what's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, really, there's this sort of cute series of moments because. Uh, M and Gogol have this kind of like professional relationship. They call each other by their first names. So there's a bit where they're like mm. going through the, the temple. And he's like, after you, Alexis. No, no, after you, Miles. And it's very cute. Yeah. So essentially, MI6 and the KGB have realized that they've both had a submarine stolen and they've decided to pool their resources in a thing that Gogol keeps referring mm. to as Anglo Soviet cooperation. Anglo Soviet cooperation. God, I wish. Anglo-Soviet mm. Anglo-Soviet cooperation. Also, uh, do you like Q's sight gags? Because this movie yes, has noticed that some no. of you like Q's sight gags. This, and so we have fully them. two minutes of Q's sight gags. Q has just set up a laboratory in this ancient Egyptian temple where he is testing various gags and wheezes. Like wacky um, racist ass shit, like a whoopee yes. cushion and like a spring loaded chair and uh-huh. flower that squirts water and various like a tea tray that kills people. He's mm-hmm. got a maglev tea tray. Come on, it's fucking <laughs> sick, nasty. He puts a tea tray down on like a pile of bricks and it shoots out with enough force to decapitate a fucking dummy. And he says, "Great work. I want that ready for Ahmed's tea party." <laughs> Ridiculous. He doesn't I, put the phlegm in there. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um I adapted this from the shitty uh, the shitty monorail and you only live <laughs> twice. Uh Ken does love a monorail, doesn't he? Oh, he really does. And he's right. There's another one later on. There's another monorail. He can't stop there is, monorail. There is in. another monorail in his It might even be the same later. monorail. It's just like we've got to reuse this monorail. Capital so, B, capital S, big set that's yeah. coming up later on. So, so, so they work out that uh, the, the microfilm came from a laboratory belonging to Stromberg in Sardinia. 007, this, this microfilm comes from Laboratoire Garnier. You're going to have to... <laughs> they, they, take, they take the train to the Laboratoire Garnier. There is a fun... There's another fun bit. You're going to have to disguise bit. yourself as a rabbit. <laughs> Can we say that? Is that acceptable? Yeah. I genuinely <laughs> appreciate the like rivals arc thing here. There's it's a bit really where they're, they're like mm. on the train, they have separate bedrooms, and we cut back and forth between them both waiting, expecting the other one to come in and fuck them. And they're just like, oh bloody hell, she's taking her time or whatever. Is, but they're both really doing good. the same things. And it's nice. It's nice to have it's nice to have a woman who is like in this series who is like, yeah, no, I'm definitely sexually desirable. He's gonna come to me. I think it's good. Um yeah. but then of course, 
Richard Keel. Richard fucking Keel. She opens <laughs> she opens her cupboard and yep. Jaws is there and it zooms in on his face and I don't know what face he was supposed to be pulling, but my man looks like a fucking corpse. It zooms right in and there's not a fucking muscle moving on his face at all. And I was there like, oh shit, Jaws is dead. <laughs> And then he just like activates Jaws mode. He leaves the cupboard. There's this phenomenal shot that I desperately want to make the the episode art. Yeah. Where he's like halfway out of the cupboard and he's just so he's on such a different scale compared to her. It's fucking incredible. His opening move is to grab her entire face. That's how big his hand is that he can just do that. It's incredible. So yeah, but he he, he, he bond in a massive fight. He chokes Bond. Roger Moore said in his autobiography that Face. he had three expressions when playing Bond: uh, left eyebrow raised, right eyebrow raised, and fighting jaws. And he really does. He works out the facial muscles muscles for the only time. It works out the facial muscles. Face he makes when jaws chokes him is the like the sub emoji. Yeah, he's like he's like pushing two index fingers together like that is the face he's making. Two pointer fingers like Oh Jaws, you wouldn't There's also a a great shot where Jaws is like smacking him repeatedly. Like he's picked him up bodily (laughs) and he's just hitting him against the ceiling and it's so clearly a dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but Bond, so Bond, Bond electrocutes Jaws. He throws him from the train, and we establish uh, something about Jaws, which is he is able to survive implausible things. Jaws is unkillable. Mm. There is a shot of Jaws sort of dusting himself off, contemplating life in the universe after being thrown from a train, which I appreciate a lot. It's it's nice. He's just about like, well, fair enough. Next mm-hmm. next on the agenda. Mm-hmm. And I respect that fucking go-getter attitude. He had a plan, Absolutely. it didn't work out, he got thrown out of a train, and he just stood up and was like, well, fair enough. Richard Keel actually insisted on those sorts of moments. And when he was auditioning <laughs> for Jaws, the original guy in the script, uh, Jaws, was just a kind of like dumb henchman. And Richard Keel actually said, no, I'm only going to do it if you let me put in these kind of humanizing moments. Um, so this was all kind of, this is like very much his take on the character. Yeah, and not only did it, it fucking worked perfectly because Jaws is an mm. absolutely cultural juggernaut. And Richard Keel very much was just signing his fucking uh, check for the rest of his life by playing Jaws twice. Oh, yeah. Because he got mm-hmm. to play parody mm-hmm. Jaws about 400,000 times in the, in the succeeding years. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. He played one character that he fucking nailed and was just like, yeah, I'm just going to live on this now. Yeah, dude's right. So, so, so Bond, Bond, and Demas have a check into their hotel on Sardinia under fake names, Mister and Missus Sterling, uh, as marine biologist and wife. <laughs> marine biologist and wife immediately get an invitation uh, to meet with Stromberg, and he sends his absolute smoke show henchwoman <laughs> Naomi. Uh, it's it's so it's so happy to see another trans woman who doesn't do voice therapy. <laughs> Naomi, <laughs> I, I, I mean Naomi fucking owns right, but she's uh, husky is not the word. This woman eats cigarettes rather than fucking smoking <laughs> them. <laughs> she pulls up and is like, Mr. Bond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. so good. Bond. She actually rolls. she does the Matt Berry voice. 
Yeah, and it's so fucking funny because like she's genuinely like ski, like hello there, <laughs> very attractive, but like yeah, no, just like that. She's like in a bikini, but the voice is like this. Mission fail. We'll get him next time. So <laughs> or our sunshine. <laughs> well, fuck. Her name is Bond anyway. <laughs> My boss, Carl Stromberg, <laughs> wants to see you vaguely for like four to five minutes. So, so like, she takes she she takes them to the to the the sea base, and the, the only thing she tells Bond about Stromberg is, don't shake hands with him. He doesn't do handshakes. He doesn't like him. Don't, please yeah, do not he, shake hands. He has a hand thing, and I'm going to flag this up again later. But there's a hand thing. Bear that in mind, listener. Hmm. And Bond, of course, immediately forgets this. World's greatest secret agent. World's greatest. Uh, tr- tries to like shake hands with them anyway. Um, and I mean, at this point, Bond's cover is fucking blown, right? He's looking out at the fish windows, and Stromberg like points out a weird fish, and he's like, oh, I expect you recognize that one because you're pretending to be a marine biologist, aren't you, cunt? And Bond goes kind of silent for a minute, and then he correctly recalls the like Linnaean name of this fish. And Stromberg is like, well, now that you've won this trivial pursuit round, I suppose I shan't have you executed immediately. And it's just like it's Just to be clear, it's a lionfish. hmm Any any zoo you've ever seen in your life will have carried this beast. This yeah. scene this scene is pointless. It doesn't really add anything. Yes. It's it, it's there because they did a draft of the script and then somebody realized, oh, Bond has not actually met the villain of this film until the end. Uh, so this scene is no. there just so that they can meet, but it, it serves nothing. There's no reason for this scene to be there. Oh, he hands over no information at oh. all. He's like, good, good, good meeting with you, fuck off. I see that you're yeah. a marine biologist also. And Bond's like, yes. And then they're like, fantastic. He, he does. He, he does. He does show him a model of an underwater city. He's going to make underwater Black Hammer City. Uh, Bond's yeah, he's like, cool. and he's like, fantastically not evil-looking base you've got here, my friend. It's fantastic, <laughs> very good, I would say. Yeah, is that a fireplace? Um, I don't know how you managed that. No matter. <laughs> what is this guy's necklace? Is it a cock? Because I've yes. been thinking it's a cock this entire time. I think. I I think so. I think it's a penis. There's no close-up on it ever, it's but it's penis. very penis-shaped. Penis. I'm pretty sure it's a penis. <laughs> yeah. So so like. Stromberg makes another classic villain move where he's like, right, I know these guys are spies. Let them get ashore and then kill them. He does the classic thing where he's like, mm. fantastic, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bund, it's been lovely, good day. And then he leaves and he immediately picks up a phone and is like, kill them. Yes, but not now. Wait yeah, I mean, it's- until it's much more difficult. <laughs> And then kill them. Kill them later. Kill, kill them. I'm a chronic procrastinator, Mr. At Bond. some point, you're going to have to kill this guy. <laughs> Just put Whenever it on you your feel like it, list. though, I, I don't tell you how to do your job. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Bond, Bond is driving the, the White Lotus Esprit around Sardinia, and then various of goons oh, try and fuck. kill him. Yeah, hang on. Let's flag up the Lotus mm. Esprit, because mm. there's the scene where Q drops this off, 
and it's very nice and it's great and it's fantastic but there is a guy in the background there's of this so many scene. background guys in this movie the most 70s looking ass motherfucker you can imagine there is a guy in the background you think the 1970s was just a thing that existed in cultural products like this no no because these were like not extras these are people wearing their own clothes who were just dressing like this yeah, imagine if you have seen um, The Man from Hong Kong on my recommendation. And if you haven't, go and watch it and then come back. Pause this now. But there's a guy there who has, in the background, he's just shirtless. He has these flare-cut jeans and he has the biggest hair and just like a huge mustache. And he's just he's just there. Like he's not doing anything important. Yeah. He's just a background guy. And it's like such a perfect distillation of the 70s. There are so many guys like this. There's like a sailor in a really fucked tall hat driving Naomi there. The hotel mm. receptionist has like is like 90% rough. It yeah, the incredible, <laughs> incredible time in, in our nation's history. Yeah, what the fuck um, is she wearing? The rough thing. I don't know what that is. I just yeah, I, she's got a terrible neckline on that. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I I know, mm. I know. It's got about four or five terrible necklines on it. <laughs> so, so, so they try and kill Bond by shooting a motorcycle sidecar at him, and that doesn't work. Uh, they, they try and kill Bond by like driving after him and having Jaws shoot out of the window, and that doesn't work. There's a lovely character moment in that bit where Jaws is shooting out of the window, where he he's shooting out. He like empties his gun completely, and he goes back into reload, and the guy in the seat behind him leans out to try his shot at it and Jaws just like takes the gun straight off him and does yeah. it again himself. Absol absolute mm. Chad stuff. Uh, Bond presses mm. the, the, the nut on the windshield button, which is something that he has. It's not even like an oil <laughs> slick anymore. He just presses a button and a thing of like grey, grey white goo just comes out in one pump and coats the entire <laughs> fucking windshield of seven. this car. We've got a cum shot in the back of his car. I admit it's a little kinky. So, the, 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 car, the car goes off the road, it lands perfectly vertically in a Sardinian dude's house, and that Sardinian dude then mm -hmm. just fully goes, Mamma mia, che è successo? Oddio, tutto distrutto! Meanwhile, Jules just leaves the house, dusts yes. himself off again, yeah. as ever. Fantastic. Jules rules. Jules rules. Mm -hmm. There's an amazing helicopter chase. Yeah, because Naomi, yeah, Naomi is, flying... is flying a helicopter. It's yeah, so I, good. I've... He invented cinematography. Bond goes past and the mm. fucking helicopter like comes out just like vertically from behind the, yeah. the road. She like mm. flies alongside and she gives him a wink and Bond kind of like mm. raises an eyebrow. And a nut and well, I mean, I I don't know. I've always had a thing for like female aviators ask pussy galore. So man comes. A man, I I think what I'd like to do at this point is to recommend Naomi for the Kronstein Rosette because I don't mm. disagree at all. Who is Bond compared with Naomi? She flies her own helicopter. She nearly kills Bond. She fucking rules. I love her a lot. Um, yeah, incredible. Fair enough. But Bond Bond drives the Lotus Esprit off the end of a pier. And you know what this scene is, because it's the one everyone remembers from this movie. It's the fucking submarine car. Um, mm. 
And Let's just flag up, this car is called the Wet Nelly. <laughs> Fuck off. No, it's not. No, it is. It definitely is. You no, can look no, that up. No, it's not. Uh, on, so- on set, they called it the Wet Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Named but- after the little Nelly from uh, You Only Live Twice. Mm-hmm. But Bond, Bond fires a missile upwards and kills Naomi. I still think we were robbed of a scene mm. of her like dusting herself off from the helicopter wreck. Uh, and then, because, like, uh, it's not enough to just have, like, the, the submarine thing, we then have, like, a submarine chase with the with the car, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, we're, like, we're just, we're redoing bits from Thunderball. Like, it, it, guys mm-hmm. in scuba suits, like, in special submarines trying to kill you. Although it is funny how much underwater photography has, like, evolved in... What, like ten years, give or take? Yeah, it's very in, in impressive. between these two mm-hmm. movies, and already looks like totally different. Um, There's a nice, cute bit where um, Triple X uses some of the gadgets in the Lotus, and Bond says, "How did you know that was there?" And she says, oh, "I saw the blueprints for this car two years ago." Yeah, Mister and Missus Smith stuff. I love this shit. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, so Bond and Amasova uh, embark on an American submarine to try and locate. What they believe is the cause of this, uh, the, the like submarine disappearances, which is a Stromberg although, tanker. Hmm. Although first, there's a scene back at the hotel where she discovers ah, fuck, that it was yes. Bond who killed her boyfriend, and she says, "When this mission is over, I will man. kill you." And we get a genuinely yeah, Roger, Roger quite Moore. human moment where, yeah, because uh, she says, "Um, she says, oh, was it was it you who killed him?" And he basically is like. He just like for me it was Tuesday. He's like, you know, this guy somebody was like skiing after me and like I wasn't looking him in the face. Like I, I just I killed the guy. Like it happens, like it's our job. And and he's like quite frustrated and almost not really remorseful, but like it's the first time anyone's really challenged him on having killed someone. Uh, yeah. and she says, When this mission is over, I will kill you. And he seems like quite upset that there's this rift between them. Roger Moore gets to do some acting, and like because he can mm. act, he just mostly doesn't have to. It's weird when you get these like gear shifts from like, oh, I'm going to be doing a sexy voice into like, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah, I fucking killed the guy, but that's like most of what we do for work. And it's like, I don't know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's interesting. Um, but yeah, they 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 work out that they suspect this gigantic tanker that Stromberg runs called the Lipperus. Uh, I keep wanting to call it Pindos, but that's Milo's comedy show. Um, has been, like, maybe just, like, eating the submarines. Like, it's just been doing the you only live twice thing, but instead of spaceships, it's submarines. Mm-hmm. It's it's really impressive, actually. It's, I, I, so they, they look behind and it, it's opening up and they go, my God, which is exactly the same as what happened in the pre-credit sequence. And you go, ah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, but, but Bond... this thing has exactly three submarine bays in it, which is great. <laughs> Bond and Damasova mm-hmm. embark on this American submarine. I want to also flag up Bond's fucking naval turtleneck get up. Again, they've decanted him <laughs> in this because I, I really appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah, but like not an actual Navy uniform because he has supplied his own tactical turtleneck. And uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a fucking look. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, and this they American submarine, they get vored yeah, by a tank. Immediately gets vored, uh, vored. You only live twice style by the the Pindos, the tanker. Um, 
and we see the other two submarines, the um, the British one and the Soviet one, the also been captured. Yeah, the Pindos. The 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 it has a different name, it but has a different I, name, I, but yeah. I choose to call it the Pindos. I th- uh, that's a fair thing to call it. Well, I mean, also, I'm gonna like the the American submarine that they're on is called like the USS Fountains of Wayne. There's not a lot of good ship naming in this. Yeah. Also, one other thing I want to know mm. is when they're the submarine that they're on surfaces, it shows like a miniature work, and the 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 miniature hits like a fully 45 degree angle ass upward. If you watch that shot, and it's like, Jesus Christ, are they all right? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> So, so we get the big Ken Adams set, right? Which is the inside of this oh. tanker that has three submarines and a giant submarine pen. Fucking baby. Let me tell you, this is the Ken Adams mm. set. Capital K. Capital S. Capital A, again. In what the was the A? There was an what A was in the too. That was what definitely was the- A. Ken Adams set, baby. Listen, they gave Ken Adams one million pounds out of the 13 million pound budget. And they were like, build a fucking set and he constructed the single largest at that time the world's largest soundstage to house this set and it fucking goes it is an incredible set they had to get uh stanley kubrick to direct a bit of this filling in should have should have got him to do the whole movie, but uh, because the director's eyesight was too bad, he couldn't see to like the the terminating vista of this this soundstage. So they had to get Kubrick to do it. They, yeah, they brought Kubrick in under like he had to swear secrecy to do a little bit of a lighting. And also, Kubrick's daughter is the one who designed Jaws's um, grill. Huh. Interesting. Mm. Anyway, the deep state had Stanley Kubrick assassinated because of Eyes Wide Shut. No, it's because he he filmed the moon landing. We all know yeah, this. That, on that, this soundstage, actually, it's, it's how he knew where. I didn't even know he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, can he ever die? Truly. So, Stromberg's uh, plan here is to have a lot of guys in orange jumpsuits with fantastic, like sterling submachine guns. The one with the like magazine comes out to the side, so you have to like stand holding it. Just like stand menacingly while he threatens the crew out of the submarine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay. he's gonna put his own. His plan is he's gonna put his own dudes onto the nuclear submarines, yep. and he is going to destroy New York and Moscow in order to trigger a yep. nuclear war to bring about the end of the world, so that everyone will then live underwater. I intend to change the face of history. By destroying the world? By creating a world. A new and beautiful world beneath the sea. This guy loves and My the sea. question is okay, I believe that this guy okay, like he's he's fucking insane, right? That's his plan. But how has sure. he convinced so many people to go along with this? Because he's got a lot of people working <laughs> for him. <laughs> And I'm like, your, your plan doesn't make any fucking sense, dog. Well, they all imagine they'll be safe. A lot of people who know how to operate submarines. What are you going to eat? He's got two full submarines. And incidentally, what does he need the third submarine for? You're just being greedy at that point. I th- the best, the best mm. line is when Bond's like, all right, all right, Stromberg, you've made your point. What kind of money are you looking for? And Carl's just like, no, you don't get it. I'm doing this. Like yeah. this is I haven't even fucking mm. told anyone this is happening. It's a complete chance that you mm. are here. I'm doing this. <laughs> He's like, oh. Mm. Uh-oh. 
Well, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, fuck. Amasa right. gets gets captured immediately because they go, ah, a woman, uh, and and they capture her. Um, and uh, then the we get like like mm. jokingly knocks her hat off as she's coming off because she's trying to pretend to be a guy, and like I I guess it's just the guard is just having a good time, and he just like <laughs> yeah, we like to have fun here, and it reveals her beautiful flowing locks, and she just fucking fully knocks him out in one yeah. punch, and I was like, mm. yeah, girls rock, girls rock. Uh, we, we now we now get like ten to twenty minutes of battle because Bond oh, yeah. uh, Bond escapes Bond frees the submarine crews uh, just like in You Only Live Twice but with more dudes again it's um, You Only Live Twice refracted again yeah, this is it's it's, no it's, it's, it's You Only Thunderball twice um, from love mm-hmm. from uh, love with love sorry You Only Thunderball twice from love. Um, yeah. So yeah, th- th- they like that. try to break into the once Strong again impregnable escapes. control room mm-hmm. from you only have twice. He escapes with a massiva because he's yeah, on a monorail that turns into a boat. Yeah, yep. not entirely clear. Other, I mean, other than the yeah, a monorail that just leads directly outside of the ship. <laughs> Apart from Naomi and the secretary, both of whom are dead, Triple uh, X is now the only woman that seems to be involved in his plan. So if you're involved in repopulating the world, I, I mean, you're going to need her, but I feel like you're going to need more than her. <laughs> you could perhaps have some sort of underground uh, nuclear base at the bottom <laughs> of the deepest salt mines where there would be ten women to every man. That sounds great. Where, where are we, when are we going to that? <laughs> <laughs> so so Bond uh, eventually impregnates the impregnable control room. The whole room. point of the doomsday device. <laughs> so why didn't you tell the world? Um, carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, I recently uh, watched I'm appreciating. Love yeah, it's I a fucking love it. it's a great movie. Okay, anyway, uh yeah, but Bond Bond escapes on the American submarine which like torpedoes the ship from the inside and sails out. Hold up. Yes. Bond cannot get into the impregnable control room. Well, I'm, so I'm, what I'm, is his solve? He goes, <sighs> oh, there's a nuke left over. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to so use take, the detonator from yeah, a nuclear missile to get takes, into the impregnable Takes the conventional, conventional explosives part of the nuke. And conventional. It's where you can like, take the hatch yeah, down. Yeah, the, con- the conventional on certain conventionable weapons. So yeah, Look, I'm not going to get any more coherent. I've only no, got three no, more we've, we've got go. another one of these episodes to go. To we're recording these back to back. So anyway, um, they're coming out out of order as well. <laughs> yeah, so so Bond, on, Bond has to like extract this detonator, and he's just like, oh, if I touch it to this outer ring, all of us will die. Uh, but but he like <laughs> he, he he does it. He like it completes the world's yeah. most powerful game of operation. He gets the subs to explode each other. <laughs> Sorry, that got me. My favorite <laughs> bit, incidentally, is uh, the captain of the Royal Navy submarine is killed, right? He's killed by a he grenade. Is. And Bond is trying to, like, impregnate the impregnable, like, uh, uh, the impregnable bit. And he collars the nearest Royal Navy officer. Oh, I think you will find it's most impregnable. Who is like a, who is like a lieutenant. And he's like, I need to get up there. And so this lieutenant, who looks about 17, goes, right, sir, leave it with me. Uh, you, 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 and you, follow me. Runs up the stairs, 
immediately gets machine gunned to death. Oh, just completely aged. I don't think there's even a cut. No. I think it's in the same shot. No, it's the same shot. Yeah, it just follows him up there and is like, well, thank you for coming. Yeah, but well, well done, Bond. You Bond, you killed a child. So, so Again. Work, Bond. Yeah, but, so like the American submarine gets orders that they have to blow up the 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 base that Stromberg has escaped to the the underwater chimney base. Uh, to which Bond replies, "But Anya's on there. I have to get her off. How? And yeah, sure." Fine. I I I, I, I sighed when I was when I was doing the drop for it. I have to get her off. And mm-hmm. the, the the way that he does this is assembling a fucking nonce jet ski, which he yeah. rides <laughs> out there. There's no like security or anything. Mm-hmm. I guess there doesn't need to be because the security that he has yeah, is Stromberg jaws. lets him on. Yeah, Stromberg lets him on. Stromberg like kind of like taunts him a little bit, even though his plan has now by this point failed. Also, mm-hmm. Stromberg is, like, at his dinner table. Tries to drop him in a shark tank. Yeah, tries to drop him in the shark tank, yeah. unsuccessfully. Tries to shoot him down the length of his table with a crossbow that goes underneath the table on a, with, like, a big tube. I'm not sure why it needs that. Um, and But Bond, Bond sort of, like, places his gun into the tube and shoots Stromberg dead. What is funny to me is that once again we have recurring sponsorship with Tabasco. And so what Stromberg is eating, really? yeah. Knickknack, Tabasco. What Stromberg is eating in his like Palace of Fine Arts looking ass dining room, and which he collapses face first into, is a silver platter of lettuce leaves and a bottle of Tabasco. The meal of fucking champions. I'm getting. Well, presumably, if there were oysters on one side... I'm going to be thinking about the idea of just a plate of lettuce leaves with a bottle of Tabasco for the the rest of of my fucking life. That you eat when you're about to repopulate the world. That's the fucking... (laughs) That's the virility serum, baby. (laughs) He's saying goodbye to what he thought would be the last uh, bottle of Tabasco he would ever eat, because uh, there aren't going to be any fucking more under the sea. That's elegiac. I laughed so fast. Fucking hard when I saw that he had a massive tubed gun underneath his table. <laughs> like he just he just goes like take us no what okay, sorry, let's go. He goes, Bond, don't worry, I've sent an elevator for you. And the elevator opens up and Bond gets Press in and I was like, L, Don't Mr. do Bond. what this guy says to do. And he like and Carl's just like easy. And then like the doors open and it's revealed that Bond has just stood with his legs completely apart. <laughs> In order to not fall down the shark tube, which A, how the fuck does he know that that's there? But B, how the fuck is that an oversight that you could have? <laughs> Same reason he brought a parachute on a skiing trip. And then he walks in and he's like about to shoot Stromberg. Like, no negotiation, nothing to do here. This guy is just going to kill him. And Stromberg's like, take a seat. And he just sits down. And I'm like, stop doing what this guy says. <laughs> What yeah. the fuck is wrong with you? And he sits down, and then they've got that massive great gun stretching the entire end of a table, which you might think that shoots bullets. No, you're stupid. You're wrong. You don't understand James Bond. It shoots a micro rocket <laughs> that explodes the fuck out of that yeah. chair. And then Bond just shoots him four to five times, and it's like, thanks for coming, everyone. <laughs> uh, I, my, my notes here 
simply say, stop fucking calling him Mr. Bund. Observe, oh, Mr. Bund. To be fair, he, he does deliver the line, I've been expecting you, which, there it is. It's not Blofeld, mm-hmm. it's actually this guy. Who, in everyone's memory, has turned Discount into Blofeld. Blofeld. Yeah. So, so Jaws is not getting paid. Uh, the the thing is about to be blown the fuck up, but like Jaws, Jaws lusts in his heart for revenge and also can teleport. So uh, Jaws is able to fight Bond, appear behind Bond using his like dishonored style blink power, um, and he, he he and Bond fight. Bond captures him by applying. A large electromagnet to his teeth. Not entirely clear why that is there. Mm. Yeah, it, it's never used in a previous scene. It is just no. also there. Bond presses a big button that says magnet. The thing is, Jaws, Jaws can teleport. Yes. Bond has a final technique, and that final technique is called exploit opponent's disability jutsu. <laughs> and he will always pull that shit out. <laughs> When shit starts to hit the fan, he's like, "Oh, I see that you're an invalid." That's his trap card. It's like it's him, Teehee. There's fuck. There's so many of these dudes. He's done this too. Yeah, it's it's Roger Moore's Nick finishing Nick. move. A hundred percent of the time, exploit disability. And so he, he he picks Jaws up by his teeth, drops him into the shark tank, um, and escapes with Anya in a little like escape capsule with, with like a bed in it, which is all like luxury as a bottle of champagne and stuff. What's funny is uh, we also get a shot of Jaws biting the shark to death. Yeah, a lesser villain, a lesser, <laughs> a single Jaws movie simply villain bites the shark. would have and died in that moment. The expression on the shark's face <laughs> at this point, <laughs> I can only characterize as, wait, what, I'm Oh no! <laughs> oh fuck! Oh shit! The sharks just about like ah, the tables have been turned. <laughs> the sharks are just about like oh fuck, this is what I've been doing to people. Oh, this, this sucks. Yeah, J- Jaws, so Jaws teaches a shark a valuable lesson about hubris. In the original, Jaws died. In in the original draft of the script, Jaws died. Um, but audience test audiences did not like that, so they went back and reshot. The bit where Jaws wins the fight and then swims away from the Doom Fortress. Yeah. Because he's such a like he's such an, an enigmatic and interesting character that, that yeah. like he couldn't be just a one-time guy. Yeah. So so a they're in the guy. escape capsule and picking up from the thread earlier, she's like she pulls a gun on Bond and she's like, hey, the mission is off, and now I must kill you for killing my boyfriend. This is quite a clever bit of drama. Bond, yeah, but then they immediately circumvent it because Bond gets around this by deploying the sex voice. He's like, you wouldn't shoot me, I'm about to bust nuts in you. And (laughs) he's just like, you wouldn't shoot me, come on. You wouldn't shoot a man who's about to do big cum. Putting his index fingers together again, to be like, oh, you wouldn't shoot it's my birthday. Come on, I'm, have a little birthday I'm just a little boy. guy. I'm just a little guy. I'm just a little fella. Come on now, you wouldn't shoot a little guy. <laughs> he finds a bottle of champagne and he's he's burbling away <laughs> as he's opening the champagne, and she pulls the gun on him, um, and he's like halfway through opening the champagne when he notices that she's got the pistol, and she's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you now," and and this kind of quite a tense moment, and then independently of either of them, the champagne. 
the pressure just kind of goes and the champagne cock the champagne oh, cock you fucking idiot you've done it again group pops. chat <laughs> the champagne, champagne cock. cock. <laughs> damn it! Ah, you'd the man with a champagne, champagne. cock. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Fucking easy to pick what we're promoing for this one, baby. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, shoot a man it's with a champagne. Smoking on that shit that killed James Bond. Oh. <laughs> but now the, the champagne cork called the champagne independently cock. of either of them. <laughs> and it relieves the tension of the scene and they both kind of laugh and it is quite a, like a nice mm. bit of dry it's like a well-written scene that the tension is dispelled by this and they both kind of laugh and then they yeah, shag they shag yeah, the, the, the escape capsule is brought aboard uh, a, a, a British a Royal Navy ship and then both Gogo and M are there uh, and so they, they they sort of wash them up and they, they look through the big window to see them fucking. And they're both kind of like fatherly disappointment is, is quite nice. It's very fun because bon, like she's like, what will we do if they find out? And Mon's like, oh, they won't, they're not going to find out. And then yeah, like, they it cuts up. to all of them just being like, damn, are they fucking in there? 007. God, 007, having sex? I would never what, have expected what are you, this of you. 007, what are you doing there? And, and like, the funny, obvious line is, like, uh, detente, sir, but instead he says, keeping the British end up, sir. That's a dick joke. That's a joke about his penis. That's a penis well, sir, joke. Sir, my penis is wrecked. What's detente? Uh, a, a process of, like, closer relations and thawing between the Soviet Union and the West. Popular in the 1970s. Uh, anyway, oh, that would have been such a better line. That would have been also, I yeah, wouldn't have hire me it. to write the next Bond movie. Fuck a Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the movie. The next one it says is for your eyes only, and it's fucking lying. It's <clears throat> Moonraker. Oh, Join baby. me, Mr. Bond, in the orbital <laughs> platform. In the moon zone. <laughs> Join me, Mr. Bond, on the moon. The moon. Because Star Wars was very popular, and they were like, hey, baby, why don't we put James Bond in space? In space. What did in we think space. of The Spy Who Loved Me? I genuinely had the best time I've had watching one of these movies. Yet. Yes, I am. Uh, and I, and, and mm-hmm. I worry about that. I worry yeah. that I'm like going soft because, like, no, don't the worry. Po- the point of this podcast is that I fucking hate these movies. It's just the estrogen. Oh, uh, but like, she's very soft, ladies and gentlemen. No, the, the, you wouldn't the, shoot a woman who's going soft. Uh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't shoot a man with a champagne cock, would you? Yeah, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't shoot Come a woman on. with a with a, <laughs> I'm with a little baby boy with an estrogenated <laughs> penis. <laughs> no, seven. <laughs> it's called estradiol. <laughs> I don't know the fact the fact that it's the 1970s oh, yeah, so much in this movie really disarms mm. a lot of it. Yeah, well, I think the thing is I don't like James Bond, but I fucking no. love the 70s, and I think mm. that's what's coming through. I think everyone is having a fun time. Like all of the characters, fucking Jaws, Bond, Anya, Carl, Gogol, um, they're all having such a good time in all of their scenes that it's hard to mm. not enjoy it as well. That being said. <laughs> I appreciate that this film is technically better than a lot of the previous ones. Right. Like the editing is better, the, the writing is better. The, we get to see Roger Moore do some acting. Like I, it's like a, just a better made piece of film. Um, so it is more enjoyable for that reason. Um, 
but we do have a more science-based system. Yeah, because the thing is, like, a well-made movie isn't the same as a good movie. Like, I, when I see the shadows on a cave wall, mm. I understand that that's not real. Like, I'm not gonna the shadow on a cave not, wall. Not to fucking not? flex or anything, but I've been looking at these oh, shadows shit. for a while, and I've got some suspicions. But, like, <laughs> a, a good movie can't pay... Sorry, a, a good cinematography, a good score, a good, like, shot composition. It can't paper over a terrible plot. Yeah, well, this is the thing, like, good writing will get you through bad technical ability, but good technical ability won't get you through bad writing. Absolutely. And that comes mm -hmm. to the T in all of the fucking, um, uh, later Bond movies. We, we, and we're seeing already the seeds of uh, Bond has run out of ideas because it's now robbing earlier Bond movies mm. for ideas, and this will mm. only get Dior worse. Yes, mm -hmm. the, the, the Bond devouring his own tail. Yeah, I'm. I'm ready to just like. I just want the audience to be ready for how angry I'm going to be during the Spectre biggest explosion ever. This scene. might be the high watermark for the more years. I genuinely loved this movie. I didn't well, okay, I didn't love it, but like I've mm. been trained to expect bad movies and this was pretty good. All things We're considered. Okay, I had a good a, time. We have a scientific based racing we do have system a on this podcast. Method. It's known as the <sighs> scum system for smum. Uh, cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence, and misogyny. So, where would we place... Almost lost the damn thing. You wouldn't hit a little birthday boy, would you? Come now. Where would we place the Come spy who loved me and <laughs> Smarm? It's Roger Moore. I think Smarm's got to be pretty high. Yeah, so, it's Roger. It's Roger. Woman Moore. drivers. Yeah, that yeah. The woman driver on its own has the same amount of smarm condensed into it as any other like Bond movie. I agree. It's it's a high smarm. Mm. It's it's a high smarm. I'm gonna say like a six or a seven. Mm, but at the same time, he's also quite sincere at several points. That's and true. I think that, he has like moments of vulnerability. Yeah, I I don't know. Mm. Maybe like a maybe you're moving me down to like a five or a six here. What do we think? I was going to suggest a four. What do you think, Dev? Really? I would. I would go for a five. I don't mm. think you could get me lower than a five, honestly. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll call we'll call that a five now. Okay. Cultural insensitivity. Well, I mean, well, we they had have a guy. The, <laughs> the 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 two hit combo of uh, <laughs> oil and sheep size, but the really unforgivable cultural <sighs> insensitivity here. I think. Mamma mia, I got <laughs> Fuck you, I was gonna make that joke. Anti-Italian <laughs> discrimination. A hundred fucking mm -hmm. points. I think the fact that this is this is the the single most mistreated minority group in the in history <laughs> is the Italian man. That's right. And That's to right. make fun of him is unacceptable to me. <laughs> I think that I think that seven is too low. <laughs> I think that we need to look at. I think it's it's actually not that bad, honestly, no. compared to some of the earlier movies. It's, mm. it's like a two or a three. The Egypt stuff yeah. is like an OSS mm -hmm. zombie set. Yeah, level. exactly. Because again, they did have an Egyptian guy from yeah, the government I, on the set, being like, "No, I, not no. that." Imagine the <laughs> stuff he fucking took out. God, Jesus imagine. Christ! Uh, yeah, mm. all right. I'm I'm willing to go to like a three or a four. Uh, okay, a three. 
three, mm-hmm. three, three, three points of cultural. Yeah. Because there's nothing that really stood out to me as like an absolute yeah. cultural oh fuck moment. Mamma mia, Obviously, apart from that, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> unprovoked violence, justice for Shandor. Mamma mia, justice for fucking Shandor, and also, I mean, I know it's provoked violence, but I still don't forgive him for killing Naomi. Uh, I also don't forgive him for swinging mm. that woman in the way of Shandor's bullet. Right? Yeah, I think that's pretty fucking unprovoked. <laughs> pretty unprovoked violence. He could have ducked, dude. Yeah, like, come on, man. I don't know. It's. I think the Shandor thing is so deliberate that it's got to like bump it up the mm. rankings. Yeah, because right? it's like a real moment mm-hmm. of just like, well, you're dead now. Goodbye. Well, time to murder you. Uh, and so I'm willing well, you're to say, like, at my a, mercy. Time to kill you. Yeah, it's not so, good. Say like a five or a like six. A five or a six. However you slice that, it's not an ideal use of your day. No. Yeah, I'd say a six. Mm. It's gonna uh, get yeah, higher in the fucking higher than Pierce Brosnan years, mm-hmm. where they have I, just like a body count yeah. in the thousands. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. misogyny. 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 Well, I mean, well, I listen to women, so mm, I'm gonna let women, you two talk about women misogyny. Women drivers, you just play any other tune. Receive my limp yeah. penis. Uh, it's it's really like. Just- <laughs> Come on now, you wouldn't hit it's me just the boy. Come now. <laughs> Enjoy a succulent Chinese meal. Um, yeah, no, and also I... the, the terrified lady in the tent. I feel like yeah. it's got some, some nasty point... moments that take me out of it. At the same time, Triple X is given a lot more agency than women in previous films, and I feel That's like true. it's got to get some points for Another that. The point of a doomsday device is to, uh, is to tell the world. So why did you tell the world? I feel like this is also going to be on like at the average to high end of like a, a, like so four or five, you know. Yeah, is, I, I mean, we've gone from Bond raping a Bond girl to now he just like makes fun of her driving. So we okay improvement. That's true. It's, it's <laughs> a little bit at a time, baby. Yes, <laughs> we could get there. Mm. We could have a decent I'm, Bond. I, I would one, go maybe. for like a four. It's not like we okay. haven't got anybody like really offensive. Like good night. It's just like bimbo. Like, no. uh, yes, yeah, so there are definitely char- women characters in this who are like disposable. Yeah, I'd go four or five. What do you think, Dev? Oh, I listen to women, so whatever you think. <laughs> I'd say four. four or five. Yeah, four or five works for me, hundred percent. So okay, this being the case, uh, that gives us a total of six, ten, fifteen, eighteen, which is. Pretty, pretty good. That makes it the, uh, so Dr. No was a 17, so we're worse than that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, on Her Majesty's Secret Service is still well in the lead on eight, but we're currently with the bronze medal, uh, Spy Who Loved Me at 18. Um, pretty, pretty darn good. You know who I really missed in this movie? You know who I really wished to in this movie? J.W. Pepper, Louisiana State Police. I'm miss- going to come to your them. house and shoot you with them. a real gun. Look, we have two more awards to give out for this movie. The Constine Rosette, I believe we Naomi, have some nominations. Naomi, Naomi, Naomi. Okay, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you mm-hmm. there. Would you Naomi. say that you are horny instead of actually thinking yes. about underappreciated? Okay, fair enough. It's, Naomi done. It, yeah, it's, it's both. <laughs> it's both. All right, fine, fine. Naomi. I, I, I both want her to kill me with a helicopter, but also I think she is an underappreciated henchwoman. 
Fine, I would have gone Shandor, but I'm clearly outvoted. So, because like Stromberg is like, go go kill the, these two, and she's like, all right, boss, I'll take the helicopter. You have no need to do mm. that. But she like, has fun with it. Yeah. The other thing is, getting in any of Carl Stromberg's helicopters is a fucking mm-hmm. risk because my yeah, man has but a boss. Button. Do you mind not detonating the explosive <laughs> charge you apparently have in all of these? Um, fine, very well. Then we will go on to our second possible award, which is. The Good Night Cross mm. for uh, mm. for underappreciated side characters who are not explicitly villainous. I th- I think General Gogol has his moments. Mm. He's mm-hmm. quite charming. He's quite urbane. I like I like anyone who talks about Anglo-Soviet cooperation. Um, and I mm-hmm. think he provides an interesting foil to M. And it's it's like an interesting piece of ideology to suggest that MI6 and the KGB are like rival competing companies that are basically the same. I wouldn't disagree. I would also put forward uh, Commander Carter, um, just entirely based on how he is as soon as he realizes there's a woman. Uh, that, aboard. That's that that's the uh, com- that's the guy who's like. Uh, I, I I need to get her off. How uh, that yeah, that, that's guy. that guy? Mm-hmm. Very I, 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 I kind of I kind of feel like that young ass lieutenant who immediately gets killed deserves some kind of medal. I definitely that guy. I don't yeah, even right, know what his kid. name was, but I think no. posthumous. Po- yeah, posthumous fucking good night cross to that guy. Yeah, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to a true king. Rest in power, my man. Um, that's right. Smoking one up for my boy, dead Navy officer. And we will be smoking it up on the moon! (laughs) (laughs) Champagne cock. (laughs) Champagne cock, 007. Champagne cocks and mids on the moon next time, ladies. Uh, The (laughs) next bonus episode from when you hear this will be... uh, I believe this is our tenth free episode, so our tenth bonus has to be a second Q and A. Yeah, A those Qs. A uh, those we'll Qs. Q those A's. We will mm-hmm. A your Qs. Oh yeah, we'll we'll be queuing them. You can A we, them. We we, we we will be Aing your Qs beneath the sea. Uh, there will be a thing mm-hmm. up on the Patreon, and if you are not subscribed to the Patreon, I I don't know what to tell you, pal. Subscribe to it. Like I'm not going to yeah. post one that isn't on there. So. All right. Goodbye, Mister Bund. <laughs> wow, what an exciting and fun episode of the Kill James Bond podcast. I am recording this several weeks after that episode, and I'm gonna be honest, I don't really remember anything that we said or what happened. But you can catch the next episode in two weeks' time, and that will be Moonrigger, a movie that I have already watched and find to be completely insane. So get excited for that. But if that is simply too long for you to wait, we have a Patreon where we upload bonus episodes on those interstitial weeks. The next one will be the next Q&A, which I'm very excited for you all to hear. But speaking of patrons, we would be nothing, of course, without our beautiful 15 pounds and above patrons. And those are Paint McCalla, George Rohack, Bobby Lagerstrom, Nikki, Jack Bushel, Larry Kins, Amanda Comet, Timothy Bajorni, Trip, Mothman himself, 
Jay Martindale, Alfredo Rayle, Leal, Zoe Shepard, Jonas Schwamberger, Joshua Simmons, Robbie Morgan, James Knappman, Aaron Bayer, and David Wickmarantha. So, yeah, okay, this is Kill James Bond, starring Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Um, our producer, as always, is Nate Bethay. Our podcast art is by Matty Lubchansky, and our website is by the wonderful Tom Allen. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Shit! <laughs>